Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, an Oklahoma school district shut down after parents of students threatened violence on a transgender fifth grader. That anti-gay Colorado baker is at it again, this time denying a cake to a transgender woman. Smart guy Matt Baum reminds us when the Mary Tyler Moore show went gay for just one episode and a gay Afghanistan teen was denied asylum by Austria for not being gay enough. All that and more on this episode of The Randy Report. An Oklahoma school district briefly shut down this week after people purporting to be parents of students use social media to make violent threats against a transgender girl. Public schools in Achille reopened Wednesday after being closed Monday and Tuesday, according to the Associated Press. Bryan County Sheriff Johnny Christian has launched an investigation into a series of posts in a now-deleted private Facebook group where folks made cruel and transphobic comments about a 12-year-old 7th grade student. One comment read, If he wants to be female, make him a female. A good sharp knife will do the job really quick. Hideous. Another post read, You know we have open hunting season on them kind. Ain't no bag limit either. Seriously. Others referred to the child as a half-baked maggot and a thing. One post appeared to encourage another student to, quote, whip his ass until he quits coming to school. The 12-year-old's mother told local news station KXII that the trouble began on her daughter's first day of middle school, August 8th. The girl had been using a staff bathroom since fifth grade when the family moved to Achille, but when she was unable to locate the staff bathroom in the new school, she opted for the girl's bathroom instead. After another student's parent found out that she had used the girl's bathroom, her mother told the press that parents took to the Facebook group to complain. Her mother said, she's been living as female for years. We had no problems when we first started. Now, her daughter is fearing for her safety. Sheriff Christian said Bryan County was working with several agencies, including the FBI, to investigate the Facebook posts, but no arrests have been made. A gay 18-year-old Afghan refugee has been denied asylum in Austria, because officials there determined he wasn't gay enough to be gay. Scared for his safety in Afghanistan, the young man originally applied for asylum based on the fact that he's part of the persecuted Hazara minority in his home country. He later appealed citing his sexual orientation, which in his home country is illegal due to Sharia law and can be persecuted resulting in a possible death penalty. He told advocates that he was initially afraid to come out. But the immigration officials wrote in their report, quote, The way you walk, act, and dress does not show even the slightest that you could be homosexual. Also, the official noted that the young man had been involved in fights at the refugee center where he was being temporarily housed. The official decided that his potential for aggression undermined the Afghans' claims since that wouldn't be expected 
from a homosexual because homosexuals don't defend themselves? Additionally, the young man's preference to spend time alone caused the official to wonder, aren't homosexuals rather social? Oh, good Lord. When asked at what age he realized he was gay, the Afghan told the caseworker he came to that determination at the age of 12. But again, he was rebuffed by the official who said that was rather early since, quote, there is no public sexual stimulation through fashion and advertisement in Afghanistan. What does that even mean? Even when the teenager admitted to kissing men, the official decided it wasn't true since the young man would have been beaten for such behavior. Ultimately, the Austrian government rejected the 18-year-old's application for asylum. According to reports, the Afghan says he will appeal. In 2014, a group of LGBTQ inmates at the Alternative Lifestyle Tank at the West Valley Detention Center in Rancho Cucamonga in California filed a federal class action lawsuit alleging hate speech by the prison guards and extreme incarceration due to their sexual orientation and or gender identity. According to the LA Times, attorneys for the plaintiffs now say they have reached a settlement with the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. Under the allegations raised by the lawsuit are, under the guise of protection, LGBTQ inmates were held in their cells for up to 23 hours a day. The plaintiffs say they were subjected to derogatory hate speech and anti-gay slurs by prison guards and staff. They were not allowed to take part in educational programs or drug rehabilitation programs. They were unable to participate in work programs that could potentially reduce their sentences or attend religious services. The lead plaintiff, former Sheriff's Deputy Dan McKibben, told the press at a 2014 news conference when the lawsuit was filed, quote, when you're sworn, you're sworn. And I took that oath. These guys, every other minute, were violating that, he added. McKibben died in 2016 before a resolution could be reached. Veronica Pratt, a 33-year-old transgender woman, told the LA Times on Wednesday, it was just depressing, it was demeaning. It's a struggle being incarcerated, and then you have to have someone tell you, you can't go to classes, you can't try to better yourself, because of your sexual orientation. It's degrading. According to the LA Times, the settlement agreement, which was filed in federal court in Riverside, would compel the county to offer more housing options for gay, bisexual, transgender, and intersex inmates, lift restrictions on participation in work, educational, religious, and community reentry programs, and establish a committee that will meet regularly with incarcerated gay, bisexual, transgender, and intersex people to discuss their housing options. Transgender and intersex inmates will also have the opportunity to be housed based on their gender identity. The settlement also includes a nearly $1 million payment that will be divided among the class members. And the alternative lifestyle tank will be renamed the GBTI unit, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, and Intersex. LGBTQ inmates will still have the choice to be housed in the newly named unit, but the new agreement dictates that they will have access to rehabilitation, education courses, and any other programs available to other inmates. 
a spokeswoman for the sheriff's department declined to comment because the settlement has not been approved by the judge. Anti-LGBTQ Colorado baker Jack Phillips of Masterpiece Cake Shop has filed a new lawsuit against Governor John Hickenlooper and the Colorado Civil Rights Commission alleging religious persecution over his refusal to bake a cake for a transgender individual this time. According to the Denver Post, Phillips's lawsuit states the commission found the baker violated the state's LGBT protection laws this past June when he declined to bake a pink and blue cake for trans woman Autumn Scardina of Arvada, who was celebrating her seventh year of gender transition. Phillips claims the cake would have amounted to endorsement of messages of sex and gender identity that conflict with his deeply held religious beliefs. Upon being rebuffed, Scardina filed a complaint with the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, which ultimately determined Phillips had discriminated against Scardina based on her gender identity, which violates the state's public accommodation laws. Scardina told Think Progress, quote, The woman on the phone did not object to my request for a birthday cake until I told her I was celebrating my transition from male to female. I believe that other people who request birthday cakes get to select the color and theme of their cake. In a June 28th letter, the commission informed Phillips he was in violation of state laws again and to find a way to reach an amicable resolution with Scardina. According to the lawsuit, Phillips is seeking not only restitution for legal fees, but $100,000 from the director of the Civil Rights Commission in, quote, punitive damages. As I'm sure you know, Phillips gained national attention in 2012 when he refused to sell a wedding cake to a gay couple. In June this year, that case made it all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, which found the Colorado Civil Rights Commission may have been prejudiced against Phillips in doubting the sincerity of his religious claims and asked the commission to review the decision again. The High Court carefully noted at the time that the ruling was specific to that case only and not a broad pronouncement in support of LGBTQ discrimination. Also, nothing in the ruling said the state couldn't investigate Phillips for future violations. The new lawsuit includes allegations that Phillips lost 40% of his business income when he was ordered to either bake cakes for everyone or give up the part of his business that catered to weddings. According to the Denver Post, state officials have not made any public comments on the new lawsuit. Journalist, historian, and all-around smart guy Matt Baum recently devoted an installment of his popular Culture Cruise web series on an episode of the iconic 1970s sitcom The Mary Tyler Moore Show. The year was 1973. Homosexuality was considered a mental illness. You could be arrested for being gay in most of the country. No openly gay or lesbian person had ever been elected to public office. And Mary Tyler Moore, America's sweetheart, put a gay man in front of viewers for an entire episode without anyone noticing until the last minute. And then acted like it was no big deal. When it was, in fact, a very, very, very big deal. The episode, titled My Brother's Keeper, aired on January 13, 1973. In the episode, Phyllis, played by Cloris Leachman, set out to set up Mary, Mary Tyler Moore, with her brother Ben. 
It turns out there's no chemistry there, but Mary's best friend Rhoda, played by Valerie Harper, ends up finding a connection with Ben. The problem is Phyllis hated Rhoda and couldn't stand the idea of her brother with Rhoda. Of course, in the end, it's revealed that Ben is gay. What's important here, though, is how the writers of the Mary Tyler Moore Show handled the moment. As you may remember, television, or most of America for that fact, was not welcoming or warm-hearted when it came to the gays. As Baum points out, if a gay person was on TV, they were usually portrayed as murderers or perverts. You'll note the infamous The Homosexuals documentary that aired in 1967 that declared the average homosexual, if there is one, is promiscuous. What Baum does so well on Culture Cruise is put what could be viewed as just another gay punchline into perspective, and it gives us context on the whys and hows this was actually a really important television moment. At the time the episode aired, Minneapolis, where the Mary Tyler Moore show took place, had outlawed homosexuality even though that same year saw the debut of Minneapolis' first Pride event. And 1973 was the year homosexuality was removed from the list of mental illnesses. I won't spoil it for you, and I wish I could play it for you here on a podcast, but head over to therandyreport.com and watch this really important episode as broken down by smart guy Matt Baum. And I really encourage you to head over to youtube.com and follow Matt Baum's Culture Cruise, where he regularly takes a deep dive on LGBTQ themes in TV, movies, books, games, and more. Well worth your time. That brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. I'm going to close out this episode with queer artist Anthony Starble's sexy new EDM remix by the classics of his latest single, Paperweight. The new mix adds a catchy synth line and bass drops that really kicks up the intensity from the original. Anthony has garnered attention from outlets like OK Weekly, Instinct Magazine, Vince Magazine, and The Celebrity Cafe, and has collaborated with artists such as Beck, Ben Lee, and Kristen Chenoweth. I like. So here's Anthony Starbles' Paperweight. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. I don't know why I feel so weightless So empty that it's getting dangerous So hollow I might float away I've been shredded by a cold goodbye and I've been crumbled up to stop my cry From pouring out and begging them to stay Give me a love like a paper If it's not heavy, then it's a mistake It's hard to open up
Start to open up and the breaks the press against me. 